Hey, my name is Ash T, and on this episode of The Dropouts, I have a very good friend of mine who went from a corporate job in the champagne business to stand-up comedian and actress. So, uh, Sarah Halstead and I, thank you, by the way, for coming on the show. Thanks and I for think I just me. mispronounced your name again, right? It's Halstead? Halstead. Halstead. Okay, yes. Got but, it. but we're very good friends. We're very good friends now. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know it's your okay. last name. I've been calling you T, yeah. Ash T. So, hey, it's all good. Yeah, it's like Maggie. <laughs> we're Q. still great friends. Yeah. Just don't know each other's last names. Yeah. <laughs> I know your name now. I don't have to call you Sarah H. But I met Sarah actually on an industrial in LA like four or five years ago with Jolly Road Productions under yeah. David Kalisher, and we were doing films for corporate work, right? We book that pretty easily yeah, because we're because corporate of our people. Past. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, we worked on another commercial, and then you know Sarah's a very well-respected comedian in Los Angeles, and she kind of took me under a wing and let me be on one of her shows and. Uh, so here we are today. I've been on her podcast. Yes. Drinking during business hours, mm-hmm, not to be confused mm-hmm. with after business hours. Yeah, right? definitely right. during. During. It's just All more right. fun that way. Yeah, totally. So here you are. And let's start from the beginning, though, because I don't know oh. much about you other than you started out in Flint, Michigan. Yeah, I interviewed okay. you last time, so <laughs> I know all about you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I born and raised in Flint, Michigan, a very glamorous part of the mm-hmm. country. Uh, we're known for the film Roger and Me, That's right. uh, which is the you know the the GM General Motors shakedown. My my dad worked for GM, and so we are very affected by that. That's a big chunk of my childhood. And then because Flint was so deserving of uh, Governor <laughs> Rick Schneider switching water sources and poisoned the entire town. Exactly. Practically, that's the short version. Yeah. And uh, so so poor yeah. Flint, they just can't seemed to get a break but that <laughs> that was my childhood and it was a it was a wonderful childhood and I love Flint and uh, the people of Flint are great what did your parents but, do uh well my dad worked for GM and my mom was a housewife uh, uh my brother and I I have an older brother and we had this you know beautiful little greenhouse on a dirt road with perfect flowers and chocolate chip cookies when I got home and from school and the school bus, you know, the yellow school, but not the short school bus, but the the regular <laughs> school bus would come and get me. Um, and it, it was like, like a very, just very humble yet wonderful fairy tale kind of childhood. Uh, and then my mom started working in real estate. And then everything changed. Uh, no more that? chocolate cookies. Uh, no more. No, no. She was still. My mom was great. Um, How and old then were they, you when that happened? Uh, let's see. I was. I'm probably like twelve. Okay. And uh, so I really was very fortunate to have. You know, my mom was able to stay home with us all that time. And okay, so they it was, had it was, corporate. It was work. nice. They did. Yeah. And, and and what would you dream of as a child? Like when you were six or seven, did you, what did you want to be? Well, I was already just the little jokester of the okay. family. Okay. I was really, really funny. So you I wish I was as funny today as I was <laughs> when I was that age, you know, just yeah. innately, just always center of attention, getting in trouble at school because I was just making jokes. And I also would laugh at really inappropriate times. <laughs> like any, like if someone would get hurt, I just thought it was so funny. <laughs> you know, like I just, I, everything was a joke. And it just, I just had learned that, you know, life was better with humor. Hmm. And I was obsessed with SNL. 
I was obsessed with Gildna Radner. And, was, and at that point, did you want to be an actress or a comedian? Oh, I, I, at, I think by the time I was three years old, oh. I told people I wanted to be a comedian when oh, okay. I understood what that title was. Okay, wow. That's really early. Mm-hmm. All right. Very early on. So what, was, what happened with reality kicked in and you said, uh, I can't do this? Or did your parents have an influence on it? Were they supportive of, of you well, being a comedian? it or? kind of went to the wayside. And I was just always kind of the funny girl, funny mm-hmm. girl in school. And uh, when I graduated, and I was a terrible student. I was really just, I had a very difficult time concentrating and, uh, you know, now I, I, I'm sure like, have you been diagnosed with ADHD? I, I haven't <laughs> been officially diagnosed, but I, you know, it's, it's difficult to pay attention when you're not interested. Yeah. And the arts just really weren't as available. And, uh, uh but my dad was really adamant on, uh, giving us piano lessons and, uh, he was strict about our musical education. So Adam, my brother, he played the cello and I played the piano and I was in ballet and I had learned that feeling of performing and what an amazing uh, escape that was. And I just, I had grown to really love to, I, I, I loved performing. I loved being in front of an audience mm. and the recitals. And so I really excelled in music and I excelled in the arts, but everything else, ugh, I just yep. could care less. Of all the things that you can and can't do, your parents said, it doesn't matter what you do as long as you pursue music. (laughs) Well, it was my dad's dream, and my mom just kind of went along with it. Now she's this big shot real estate lady in Mm. town, and she was the top realtor and doing really, really well. And my dad at the time was still working for GM, third shift. And he found this music teacher, this really strict old lady in Flint, um, German, and he would barter, he would edge her sidewalk and do her lawn in trade for free piano lessons. Oh, wow. And so he was really working hard to ensure that my brother and I had access to music because in Flint, it was difficult to have those kind of resources. Uh-huh. But he, he re- did a lot of research and found this lady and she was strict. It was every Tuesday at 4.30, and you know, you, she would slap my hands with a ruler every time I played an incorrect note, and she would grade me, and if I, got a bad, if I had a bad lesson, she'd get out you know, these different color markers, <laughs> and you get an F, and she, she would, you know, with it, like orange and, and red, and, and she, you know, all these, like as, as many red and orange and bad colors that symbolized failure, and, you know, an explanation point, explanation, I mean, she was really... And that's when you realized you didn't want to do piano anymore. Well, she was just the best thing now <laughs> looking back because she taught me discipline oh. and how like you just can't quit. And it, it really was the best thing ever. That And I'm so appreciative now. And she said, you're going to appreciate this later. <laughs> and ugh, she was right. She was right. I, I do really appreciate it. And so you're it's a, nice that I had that skill. So you're a concert pianist. Pianist. You're a concert pianist by the age of 18. You can play everything, Chopin, mazurkas, whatever. Um, pretty much. If my hands, I, I can only play an octave. So if my hands could play it, if they were large enough to play it, I did. And did you go to music school for college? uh, No. um, I actually left the piano. And I... uh, When did you leave it? I I left it uh, around the age of 19. Okay. And I moved to New York City to become an actress. 
Oh, okay. And my parents were just devastated. Yeah. And it was not the part of the plan. Where did that come out of? I wanted to maybe, you know, pursue. I just was really very influenced by funny women. Mm. And they were actresses or they were, you know, the, the like the funny actress. Who and, was your favorite? Who was the one that probably influenced you the most? Um, let's see. Well, at that time, yeah. at that time, Ellen DeGeneres mm. was really making a big splash. And what really inspired me about Ellen is she was just, um, she was so pretty. And I didn't know, you know, <laughs> that, that pretty woman, women could also be funny. There were very few, like Lucille Ball. And like, you could really, there were just very few women, right. you know, that, that, uh, I mean, they didn't really think women could be funny. And we were still challenged. Yeah. with that you know yeah. so it's but Ellen was just really making her way through the comedy circuit I was also very influenced with Joan Rivers mm. and uh, I just wanted to I just had this feeling that that's what my calling was did it feel like you hurt your dad's feelings did you feel like I, I don't know if I, I'm ready to break this relationship with my parents I'm I'm expected to be a pianist now and now I'm just transitioning to an actress uh my dad was devastated Uh, he did not even say goodbye to me in person wow he was crying on the phone and in between words he just said treat others the way you want to be treated and so that's what I've always done since that's the (laughs) advice he gave and I've I've stuck to that model, mm. yeah, that philosophy. Wow, that's pretty traumatic. To it was traumatic. It was traumatic, and it wasn't easy. I got really lucky. Um, I went to acting class, and there a, a teacher, a very renowned teacher named Sam Schacht, saw potential and took a liking to me. And he also taught at Tisch NYU, and he brought me in, and I was able to study at Tisch in the drama department oh. for four years, now matriculated. Wow. And living in New York City is an education in itself. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, so it was, I, I had to grow up really quickly. I wasn't a big fish in this small mm. pond any longer. I was no longer the prettiest girl in town. I was no, mm. you know, now I it was like chump change. I mean, it's <laughs> like these women were, so, these girls were so, I was doing a little bit of modeling these girls yeah, how were did so, you survive? Oh, they were so beautiful. They didn't even look human. Oh, and I was, yeah. so I would be like the little print girl because I was short. Five, seven is, you know, you had to be five, nine to be, oh, yeah. uh, to, you know, right. doing editorial or runway. So um, I did modeling. I did commercials and I did off Broadway. And that paid the bills for and, you. Uh, no, I was a, I was a waitress. Okay, you were at a little, uh-huh. yeah, at French bistros. Yeah. And while, like, in between, um, I did a ton, like, a plethora of theater. Mm. And in between theater, I would, you know, work at these little French bistros, and I became, like, really interested in wine. And uh, the wine... By drinking a lot? Well, uh, well, I did. (laughs) I definitely got my drinking on. I did discover beer uh, from the Midwest. You know, you couldn't couldn't hope that. Uh, But then I, I transitioned into wine, and I started to really realized that it was um, a true place and the story behind wine was quite poetic Mm. and I had befriended the wine rep that would come into the restaurant where I worked and he had a suit and uh, you know and and wine and 
an expense account and all I saw was he was eating and drinking and having a good time. I had no idea behind the scenes of the wine business, but (laughs) I thought, hmm, I might be interested in being in the wine industry uh, while while I pursue while I pursue the arts. Gotcha. And so then my uh in 1999 my mother passed away of ovarian cancer and i wanted to take a break from drama Mm. so i was doing quite well but i didn't realize it at the time that i was doing well i was comparing myself to other people whom i graduated that were in the movies oh quite well in what area um i was doing well in commercials Mm. and theater and uh oh you hadn't gotten in the wine business no no but in in the late 90s early 2000 television actors were not considered that that wasn't considered as successful as being in film like being oh, wow. yeah okay. it was it's, and now it's the opposite yeah, right it's, it's kind of crazy so um so i took a break from drama and i got into the wine industry hmm. and i did really well and it was really easy so that was uh because your mom had passed away my and you mom said, passed away i'm kind of done with acting for i mean i just at the time I just thought I was taking a break from. Uh, it, it, I, I really see, yeah. only meant to leave it for a sliver uh, gotcha. of a moment, and it just before I knew it, twelve years go by. Wow! And wh- why do you think you stayed in it so long? I stayed in it because it felt really good to have a consistent paycheck. Mm. It felt really good to be good and it's something and know that I had become a commodity that I actually excelled and was growing and climbing that corporate ladder really rapidly where, you know, being an actor or a comedian or um, in film, whatever capacity within the entertainment field, it's a crapshoot. Yeah. Where this wasn't. If I studied, if I got my my wine spirits and education trust and, you know, there's all these certi- certifications that, that you right. acquire through the wine industry. And if you study and if you, you know, you you just d- do that corporate dance, you will get far, it, you oh, know. And, the and taste I, of success. It was the Huge taste. Success. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. It was the taste of success. Mm. And I didn't have that before. And it felt good. Yeah. It felt good to be making money and uh and so you know i just so i I started in new york city i worked for donald hess the hess collection i was his new york state manager and i met a businessman who was also in wine fell in love we moved down to miami Mm. and i was offered to become the champagne ambassador for perrier jouet and champagne moom wow and uh then the craziness started Uh uh-oh champagne is nuts it's just, it's very, it's, it's not as civilized as wine because champagne, the, the categories and the demographics of champagne are very versatile. And, and, you know, I would have a three o'clock at the Ritz Carlton and a four o'clock at Solid Gold. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it was just, it was events and it was nightclubs and it was strip clubs and it was, you know, Everything. tastings and it was, and I was in charge of the southeast of the U.S. and I was the conduit of communication between these champagne houses and, you know, and it was just, it became my life. How long were you in Miami? I was in Miami for 12 years. 12 years. And what did you like about that job and what did you dislike about that job? I liked the money. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I am. (laughs) People ask me, what do you like about medicine? Uh, I like the money. I liked the money. (laughs) And it was an opulent life. 
It was, it, in fact, it was debaucherous at times. <laughs> Absolute debauchery. Yeah. I mean, I had Jeroboam's of champagne for doorstoppers. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, it was just a very comfortable, opulent lifestyle. And it was multiple houses and cars and waterfront property. And just, I wow. was acquiring all this stuff. Oh, you had houses, multiple yes. houses. Wow. Yes. Acquiring stuff though, material, just material. Yeah, well, uh, labels, mm. stupid. Like I, I, I could care less about that now. Yeah. But then it was everything was image and, yeah. you know, uh, Louis Vuitton, Gucci, and you know, it was just <laughs> right. dumb. Just uh, you know, elaborate and champagne and caviar mm. and friends, <laughs> quote unquote. You know, um, a big network. Yeah. And my marriage failed. Uh, and it was it wasn't his fault it wasn't mine it, okay maybe it was it maybe it was his fault but it <laughs> was it's his fault. <laughs> but it just it didn't it didn't survive those yeah. conditions he was traveling i was traveling and did you get we married just in never new york saw or each miami? Other. we got married in miami we and met in new york the, but got married in miami was that through the champagne business the wine like the champagne oh. capital of the world okay, okay. Uh, That's yes from. and you know i do this bit where it's you know uh he, the women threw themselves on top of my husband and I threw myself on top of cocaine. <laughs> just, but I mean, they, the cocaine was everywhere. They offered you cocaine uh, like they were wow. offering you an empanada. Wow. I mean, it, was just, it was just, you know, so and it, crazy. it was nuts. It was just a very, very crazy lifestyle. And I, I probably should not say that I was like, it's not like I was a cokehead or anything, but I We've was all a, done it. Yeah, yeah. Like just, it was, you know, champagne and coke yeah. and, uh, the, you know, um, and corporate. I worked hard and I played hard. And I just didn't really, mm. I was devoid of all things creative. And I kept suppressing this feeling that I was supposed to be doing something else. Wow. And I kept pushing it down and pushing it down. And then after my divorce, I still was hanging on, and now I'm working for Laurent Perrier, another prestigious house, and I'm the regional director. I've grown from that ambassador position, and I just kept growing in this industry and doing really well. And I developed hives, skin hives. Interesting. And they wouldn't go away. Hmm. And it wasn't your normal like little rash. It was the kind of hives where I would be in a business meeting, and all of a sudden, I would look like Elephant Man. <laughs> it was just, if you were like, uh, uh, <laughs> like, like, a, like the Hulk or like a werewolf at midnight or what, what, or when the moon came out, something like I just would morph into. It was like wow. you know, very serious allergy to something. And I saw every specialist in the world. No one could figure it out. So uh, my best friend at the time, she had, she was trying to get pregnant and she couldn't get pregnant, and she had this. Uh, uh, specialist Dr. Elizabeth Tratner. She specialized, she was an acupuncturist and she specialized in alternative medicine. And it took my best friend months to get this appointment. And she gave up her appointment for me. Aww, and she said, I just nice. think, my friend, that the hives are an indicator of a bigger problem. Yeah. So please go and see this woman. So um, I, I'm meeting with this woman and she wanted to go all the way back to my childhood. And for four hours, we talked. That's an acupuncturist. It's an acupuncturist. <laughs> Alternative medicine. Yeah. You would know. I didn't know that this was part of the process. But they, yeah, they want to go really inward wow. and, and work that way. Wow. And so I told her everything at the end of the session. 
uh, and she put me on the table, did acupuncture. It was amazing. At the end, she gave me a list of things that I had to buy, like Chinese medicine kind of stuff. And she said, and take an acting class. Hmm. And Fascinating. I said, I said, excuse me? Yeah, take an acting class. And this is the guy. He's the best in the Southeast. And his name is Mark Durso. He's the owner of Act True. Go to class. This I is said, more than an acupuncture. This and is I, an oracle. And right? I, I said, doctor, I, I gave up that life. I'm a corporate. I'm a big shot. I'm a. I'm making so oh, much. Yeah. You know, don't you see my car? Like I, <laughs> I'm not gonna go back to getting headshots. <laughs> like when, exactly. You know, um, so I I did what she said, and the hives went away. Hmm. And no, and Just so to, after one class, uh, after one or maybe two classes, and to this day I don't know. It, it was probably the cocktail of the chi- the Chinese tinctures, right. whatever you know, and right. the acupuncturist right. and. And the acting class, and then I got the bug. It got the bug it, it again came, it came for the back. second time. It came back. And, uh, and now what do we, we have a decision so to now, make now, right? So now, and I kind of, you know, and so I, uh, we were sponsors, Laurent Perrier, we were sponsors of the Charleston Wine and Food Fest. And I met with the director of the festival, and he wanted to do something out of the box. I said, well, how about if I just wrote a little play? about the champagne, the legends of champagne and how it was incepted. And what if we had characters like Madame Clicquot and Dom Perignon and, how and so I wrote a play yeah. wow. and, um, cool. and, and it sold out $300, $300 a, a piece, full house. And I cast Madame Clicquot and Dom Perignon and the Perrier family and I directed it and I starred in it and it was just this little and Laurent Perrier they're like just make your numbers Sarah they had no idea really what I was doing nor did they care <laughs> and uh and I that's when I realized it was it was still to this day one of the most fulfilling projects ever that I've ever been a part of for sure because you created it you I created it, it and it's just yeah. and, and I missed it and I now I'm you know had that taste again of the feeling of performing and the feeling of creating something out of nothing. Yeah. And I knew I just had to change my life. So, um, the I, champagne business did not sound all that bad. I mean, like a lot, a lot of, of people money and, coke and, and I, <laughs> and I tell you, Ash, a lot of people, when I made the change, they asked if I was okay in the head <laughs> Okay. because okay. on the outside looking in, yeah. I had this perfect life. Why would I give up all the stuff? Right. And, uh, but wow, did it feel liberating. I liquidated all of my belongings. And uh, I got kind of lazy in the end. I didn't even liquidate. I just left everything. I just left. There was this, uh, the buyer of my, of where I live, she walked in and I left the piano and the champagne and the, I, I left everything. I just didn't care. I grabbed my coffee maker and my two cats. Wow. And I had an, a 30-foot RV that I rented, and I didn't say goodbye to anyone. I just got it. She's like chasing your dream. <laughs> and I just started driving, and I didn't even know where I was going, really. It just felt really good. <laughs> and um, the cats were meowing like crazy. I don't know how to drive the damn thing. I can't believe they gave me keys, the, yeah. co- the RV company. I didn't have to watch a video. They just gave me, <laughs> like, that. I, you know, and I pr- practically tipped pulling out of the the driveway and wow. the first time i got gas i i took a handle out of the gas <laughs> <laughs> I 
just, who knows? Everybody's running slow motion. No. <laughs> you know, as I'm like trying to get gas for the first time in a 30 foot RV. It was a uh, pretty, yeah, it was comical. And I called my boss from the road. Oh, they're, they're still friends with you. I, I, um, we're slowly, <laughs> we're slowly getting back. Finally, okay. she followed me on Instagram. Okay. We're slowly getting back there. Okay. She did not appreciate that I called, you know, and, yeah. and I, I told her I just sold my house and I'm on my way to, uh, to the West, the West Coast. LA and, um, was calling for you. At and, that I, time. and I said, I can give you two weeks. I just want you to know I'm going to be working out of the <laughs> RV. She said, that's okay. You do you. Wow. <laughs> she was furious. Uh, the VP of uh, Laurent Perry. Shout out, Michelle DeFeo. Love you. Um, <laughs> you so why'd you go to LA instead of New York? Back to New York? Um, you know, I had already failed in New York. No. Uh, <laughs> no, um, I, I just always wanted, I mean, it would be difficult going from 90 degree heat, humidity True. to go in the cold to New York City mm. and uh, it, it, New York is a tough life. I lived there for seven years. I'm glad I did it, but it's a tough, tough life unless you're uber wealthy. Right. So um, I still didn't. Unlike LA where you, you don't have to be uber wealthy here. Oh. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Un- uh, yeah, little did I know, yeah. right? Uh, when did you move to LA? Um, so I moved uh, in May of 2015. Okay. Oh. So I drove cross country with the cats, hence mm. my special RVs and cats. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Sarah has a special on Amazon called RV and, ca- uh, RV RVs and cats. RVs and right? cats. Yes. I always wondered where that name from that came, came that's, from. That now was it. it. That was it. Story. It's the yeah. RVs and cats. And I lost one cat on the way. She decided she didn't uh. want to go on this journey with me. She. <laughs> Yeah. She's like, she LA. escaped out of a out of a screen door I didn't know it was open. <laughs> oh like she God. was just like, "Get me the hell!" Yeah. No, I did not sign up for this. <laughs> um, so, but I still have the one, and uh, yeah. So we we arrived in the RV May of 2015, and but I gave up the RV because it's the uh, the irony is RV living is more expensive than having an apartment in Beverly Hills. Fascinating, okay. <laughs> okay, see, I wanted to have an RV as well and just travel, you know, the US from audition to audition. Everyone should do it at least yeah. once in their lifetime. It's really cool, it's but now fun. that I know that it's more expensive. It's so expensive, yeah. gas, and and I rented it, right? So they was cha-ching, cha-ching. I mean, maybe if you buy one, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I, I couldn't afford to keep it, so I gave it up and. Well, this is exciting. You're now in LA to pursue your dream now for the second I'm, time. Now I'm in LA, play. and I and I really didn't realize I really I didn't know I would have the gumption to do it until I was in a uh, an RV park in uh, Austin, Texas, called the Pecan Park Pecan Park, and I was hanging out with people who didn't have last names, you know, <laughs> people who really are living off the grid. And I was had this on your way to Los Angeles? On my way to okay, L.A. It, and I it. had that epiphany. Well, when was the last time I was really happy? Mm. And it was in New York City chasing my dream. Wow. So that's why I just kept going to, to... And maybe subconsciously I knew I was going to L.A. I'm not sure. But I ended up in L.A. And I, and I got into acting and comedy right away. Didn't waste any time. Yeah. I started doing it like maybe the second day I arrived. Wow. Most people are trying to figure out, you know, yeah. what's the 101? Yeah, yeah. Well, I still was trying to figure out. I was lost, but yeah. I still knew to have a, a profile on Actors Access. That was the first thing I did. 
That's that corporate love. Yeah, yeah. All the strengths that you had from the champagne business, you brought it over full that, force. That's exactly right. It's very interesting because you don't have those experiences in New York. You're an actress and a waiter. But then after you bring all of the other skills that you've developed over 12 years into this, you're like, I'm, I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Great point. I had the acumen. Yeah. The business acumen. Right. And, uh, and yes, it's, it's difficult. You know, it's show business. And now I might even be a little bit more heavy-handed in the business part of it. Same, hi, me too. So you've been here for I guess seven years now. Um, I just had my seven-year anniversary. Wow! And the first two years, I just entrenched myself in stand-up comedy. Okay. I did nothing but stand up. And, and that I, was the first, um, right? That was the first time you started the, the, do doing stand-up. Stand I was doing improv in New York back in the day. Completely different as you know, mm. improv from stand-up improv, you have yeah. other people yeah. and you don't fail alone. <laughs> and now yeah. like when you fail at stand-up, you fail. Oh. Like you're like a bomb, woo. Oh, it's, it's like traumatic. a kamikaze. It's just like, whoa. Yeah, it's traumatic. I, and I, I was not able to come back to bottle shot comedy after that one time. That's that I... <laughs> not true. And you are welcome back. I absolutely want to have you back. Oh, no, no, no. I felt like I bombed and I was like, I not. can't go there again because you oh, did, it's traumatic. You did, you did your job. And the thing, you know, when in the beginning, I wish someone would have told me this. You're not supposed to be good in the beginning. Mm. And so I wish I could have enjoyed bombing a little more. <laughs> you know, I wish I just would have had fun with it yeah. because I, you're not supposed to be good. The first three years, just enjoy just being a Do hot whatever. mess in front of everyone okay. and get to know, you know, you and, and what you're going to bring to the table as mm. we evolve into this crazy vocation. It, it's so interesting, though, because you were an actress mostly in New York and mm -hmm. probably like improv comedy and all of a sudden you're like no you know what I want to do stand-up how did how did that come about I, well uh, I, wa I wanted to do stand-up and uh, I got an agent right away and I started booking not without even trying people who listen to this are going to get annoyed I started booking commercials without even trying <laughs> and I was booking um, like it like I would go out sometimes I would have three auditions in a day and I would book all three. Wow. It was really crazy. Amazing. I had insane beginner's luck. Wow. Now I can't book a, 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 <laughs> a, a commercial to save my life. It was just this beginner, I was the fresh face in town. I see. And so I was just doing really well commercially and that was supporting, and I had a little bit of you know savings right. from my previous life, but, but the, it was the commercials that I was able to just, you know, do stand up every night and fall on my face and not have any other kind of resources. Mm. I was living in Beverly Hills and, you know, had a had a luxury apartment and wow. I just kind of living, you know, just having a blast. I was the happiest I've ever been. Did you feel like you had to bring down your cost of living and be more frugal once you moved here? Yes. Once I realized, once the savings started to dry up, which is really easy to <laughs> yeah, do because, yeah, totally. you know, you're investing in yourself, right? Mm. So you have to, you know, to in order to, I don't know, it's like a really stupid saying. They say you have to, uh, you have to spend money to make money. Yeah. I'm not sure I believe in that, <laughs> but at the time I was brainwashed into thinking right. like it was an investment. And so I'm doing workshops and classes with like the best coaches in the world mm -hmm. right because we have access to that right and um private coaching and uh yeah just trying to get up to speed again with where i was in new york with that prior education right. at tish 
What were the side hustles that you had uh, during the meantime? Was it just you were making money through commercials? I was making money through commercials and I would book all of those cheesy true crime crime (laughs) shows. And I I was always like the killer. (laughs) Soccer moms who kill. Soccer moms uh, who kill. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, Stepford wives who snap. Oh. Buried in the backyard. Uh, I was yeah, blood relatives, uh, deadly sins. Fascinating. Um, I would play the woman who stabbed the, stabbed the men in the head with the scissors and burn them alive in a barrel in her backyard. And I did all that. I, that was me. Should your and fiance I, be scared? Uh, he's very frightened <laughs> every day. He wakes up in the middle of the night. I don't know why. Um, no, but that so that that was also kind of a fun thing that I found that I you know, and it's acting, it's kind of sorta. Right. Oh, totally. <laughs> it's all it's all fun. Um, are, there, so, are there any moments in uh, this time, like these seven years, where you're like, I, you know, I think I just want to go back to the champagne business? Yes. Really? Yes. I oh. missed my network. I missed oh. having people that just that I absolutely knew had my back. I was lonely. I it took mm. a long time to make friends in L.A. And I call this town. You know, there's a lot of fatty tissue until you find the muscle. Yeah. And. There are really, really good people in L.A., and there are a lot of shysters in L.A., and you have to have a really good radar right. for people who are just a wasted time and talk, mm. a lot of talkers, and you know, and it, it takes a, a minute to find the doers and, and to prove yourself to that doer that you're a doer, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. you got to prove yourself as much as everybody else, so... Yeah. It's a two-way street, right. and it took time, and I was lonely. That's what you missed about your old job. Yeah, I yeah. did. There was never loneliness okay. in my old job, man. <laughs> I was the gateway to champagne. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Now it's like you know, just yeah. It was you know, stand up at night, and I'd go back to my cat, <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was just auditions and stand up and bookings, and uh, and then I did grow to miss wine. And the mm. um, the savings dried up, and the commercials started to become less and less, Ooh. and the bookings less and less, and my representation getting a little, you know, not as ambitious. And uh, when it came to me, I felt like I was no longer the exciting new fate. Well, I wasn't. You mm. know, that only lasts for so long, and I never did get that big series regular show that I thought I was going to get it's coming and that thank you and so now but but now I'm I got a little chugga chugga with the stand-up yeah I'm getting I'm I've gained some respect because I'm building my bones I'm making my whatever that saying is and you got multiple things on your plate you're a a producer of comedy shows I I produce a comedy show and a Mm -hmm. podcast and I'm you know trying to make my heat uh but I missed wine oh and then, like drinking it or and it, the business? Um, the business okay. and drinking it. Yeah. I missed the samples. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I did eventually go back to it in a small way compared mm. to what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's what I do to supplement my income. So I, I have a, a, a small job that I can manage. Mm. I'm working for a great portfolio of wines that I really respect and believe in. And I just, you know, I have a... a small territory I don't have to travel it's not like before you know right. what I was doing and um you so could now I kill it in the wine business if you I could to. if I wanted to if you want to turn up the faucet, if I, if I like, wanted to go back to that life yeah I could but oh then everything else would be in vain right, right. and I and I feel like I 
I do have some good things going, you know, and the stand-up is very fulfilling. Mm. And producing shows is hard, but it's fulfilling when I'm there. When, mm. when I see the room is full and the comics are killing and it's, it's really satisfying. Yeah. It's a lot sure. of fun. And the podcast is a lot of fun. So it looks like we have a success story. You'll never go back to champagne again. I you, you don't found the think balance. so. I'll drink it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll drink it with you. Will you? Yeah. Let's drink some champagne. Yeah. To, yeah. And I, it's all about amalgamating all skill sets now, right? Yeah. Full circle coming it's back it. to it. It's it. Yeah. yeah. If you could go back in time to your old self, would you tell yourself to do anything differently or are you kind of happy the way things turned out? I don't know. I think if I would have made different choices, you know, I think about that Robert Frost, two roads diverged in a yellow wood, mm-hmm. which, you know, and like, and I think about that a lot. And I don't think I would change anything because then I would risk not having what I have today. Right. So no, I, I that, that we have, you know, we can't control fate. And we just have to go along with our cards and, and deal with them smartly. Yeah. But yet you just have to, yeah, you have to enjoy the road and the road we take. Oh, that's so, so stupid. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, you're a very wise woman, so we, we want to hear, well, hear your words of it. wisdom. Thank you. <laughs> Do you have uh, any uh, parting thoughts about anything inspirational or motivational for someone that's thinking, I, I don't really know if I can do this, you know, quitting, leaving this lifestyle behind and doing something that I am really passionate about. What, what advice do you have for them? I would say, don't quit, don't quit, don't quit, don't quit. You know, you're going to feel like every day you're, you're going to feel small and you're going to be so tempted to quit because you you think that you don't have you don't realize how big you are when you're in it. You don't realize you're doing well while you're doing well because we have this inevitable thing where we compare ourselves to others. So I would just say mm-hmm. don't quit, just stay the course and if you get really run down, um take a weekend away. Even going to, you know, if you're local in LA, go to Joshua Tree. If you're in New York City, go to Central Park. Do something that to, to just balance so you don't feel so beat, beaten down. Yeah, don't and, give and, up. And take, yeah, just take a little break. Go hang out with your grandma for a couple days. <laughs> go wherever, go home for a minute just to, to just have balance. And that way you're, you're not in this microcosm of, you know, uh, you know, that you're not enough right uh and this teeny tiny this is such a teeny tiny speck of the earth yeah and what's happening and just get out of your head Ooh, inspirational words i, I was almost <laughs> tearing up i don't know if you saw that me too, it man. was affecting me <laughs> well if we this could is, just uh, get out of our heads you know <laughs> exactly this has been uh, a really wonderful uh, gift having you come here, and I really, you know, know your story much better now. Is there anything else you want to say, or you feel like you've given the world everything? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say how much I appreciate you, and uh, I admire you so much, as do others. And it, I'm very grateful that you're sharing your story because your story is very inspiring. 
So just keep doing it because oh. you you ins- you're inspiring. You're an inspiration. Period. I mean, that means so much to me to have you say that you admire me because you know you're such a badass. And, and you're like, killing wow. it. You're doing so well because you're the fresh face. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there we go. Five years from now, everyone wants Ash. <laughs> yeah. Everyone wants Ash T. Yeah. So. Yeah. So five years from Killing. now, I'm going to be like, hey, Sarah, yeah. what do I do? No one's booking me. <laughs> Hopefully not. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> but just enjoy you. it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is a blast. Yeah. Thanks Thank so you. much for coming.